This is the Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. silence your phones, return trade tables to their upright and locked positions, and get ready for what is quite possibly the longest hour, or shortest two hours and 56 minutes, of your life. And now, Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. As always, I am Christian Blatt, welcoming back great friend to the show, the one, the only, Jeff Williams Jr. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing well, doing well. Great to be back. Great to talk to you guys about Black Panther. And just it's been a while. So I'm just I'm happy to talk to you about something that I enjoyed. We don't have to talk negatively. We can we can be joyous about the good things that happen. I'm speaking for myself. I don't I don't know. We yeah. haven't talked about you guys' reaction. No, so I've uh, I'm, I'm I, excited to hear what you guys thought as well. I've kept my scruffy little mouth shut about it. And uh, also uh, making a triumphant return here is Thomas Parham who's the chair of the communications department at Palm Beach Atlantic University and the host of Screen Tom. Tom, thanks for sharing yourself on our screens and, of course, the ears for our audio-only listeners. Thanks for having me, Christian. No, Jeff, I'm with you, man. It's, it's, it's so refreshing to not have to be, to not have to mince words and say, it had a great idea, but they didn't do anything with it. Excuse me. <laughs> so what you're trying to say, Thomas, and uh, Jeff is on, is, is no interest in commenting on this. Thomas, you're saying you're glad that it's not Morbin time. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Jeff thinks Morbin time is a perfectly, perfectly fine time. And I, I don't disagree with him. You know, it's fine. Hey, uh, we might even have more Morbin time. I, I can't. You don't even know. And, and, and don't Jeff, know you know, in, in terms of uh, upcoming uh, Jonathan Majors movies, uh, Quantumania is like way down on the list for you, right? I, I know he's got something yeah. coming out much sooner, thanks to our friends at Sony. Exactly. Devotion is the big movie that's coming out before Ant-Man, before, before this Creed. Creed 3. Before Creed 3. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, I, none of us have seen Creed 3. We're not here to talk about Creed 3. But what I heard out of uh, early reaction for early screenings of it is that he wins you over and you're kind of rooting for him over Apollo, possibly. Some people might be. Mm, Some people might be, you know. That's wild. And just the, the fact mm. that it's even possible. I'm like, all right, that's he's cool. great. Very excited for him. But let's talk about movies that we all, uh, a movie that we have all seen recently. Jeff, uh, you haven't been on the show in a while and uh, I want to give you carte blanche carte blanche to talk about it but first of course the apology on the shows that i do i always brag about like well of course i get to see it early at uh, press screening and uh i promised jeff i would definitely bring him as my plus one 
And then I get the email, no plus ones for this movie. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Mm. And Mm. I, uh, so I owe you is really what that means, you know? You know, um, I almost didn't show up. I was just going (laughs) to, I was trying to think of an excuse on the last minute. Um, No, no, I totally, I totally get it. And you know, the worst part about it is, I, I had an opportunity to, to well, I, I almost had an opportunity to go see it with you. I did have an opportunity to go see it on Wednesday, on Thursday, but both times I had things show up. I finally saw it on Friday, but luckily I didn't hear any spoilers. I, I saw I your post. You sat down to see it on Friday and mercifully, no spoilers. And like, that might be because you hadn't been doing our show because our show tends to spoil things for us sometimes uh, inadvertently. Very much so. Like I literally have stopped for Black Panther. I think I've seen the second trailer and then I've seen the posters. I have not seen any TV spots. As soon as I know that there's a Black Panther like character on the screen, I'll turn away and just like look at my phone. So I was I was surprised to see even like the the new tech, the new um I forgot what they're called. The something about birds, but it's like a um. What Shuri, what Shuri is flying in the yeah. new tech that they have, the new um everything. I was I was really excited to see that because in the first two commercials you see a lot, in the first two trailers you see a lot, but you don't get to see the techno uh, the technology, the world expanding, and hopefully I didn't get to see too many spoilers, which I um I was happy to to, to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, I can kind of relate to that. I've used this example before that uh, there's only one time ever that I was like, I am not seeing any spoiler. I mean, I'm not seeing any trailers. I'm avoiding uh, TV spots. Uh, if I was in a theater and a trailer started to come on, I would walk out. And I did that for uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And uh, mm-hmm. so when I saw it, I was like, oh, I probably should have prepared myself for this. Uh, so I never did it again, but I do understand, uh, you know, I think the trailers for this movie were fine. There's plenty of movies though, where you go like, what the, what, what are you telling me that for? You know? Yeah. And look, you referenced black Adam a minute ago, Thomas, the star of the, sh- of that film in interviews said, and make sure you stick around for a super cameo. What? What are you doing? <laughs> I guess I guess they kind of knew what the expectations for box office was, but still, yeah, you they know, needed, I'm like, come on, I, I needed that marketing to as see well. that movie just for that cameo. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that you know, the next time I'm in a theater, I might try and stagger it. For like, wait, can I catch like the last couple minutes of Black Adam <laughs> just to just to see that again? All right, but Black Panther, the order of the day, Jeff, you got to sit down, you got to see it. Uh, Large format, regular format. How did you see it? So I saw it at IMAX at um, at uh, City Walk last night. It was a great experience. Luckily, I didn't have anyone on either sides of me, so I I put my hoodie on and I just got to experience it by myself in in a in a big screen. And I say by myself, but you know, there's still all types of people in the in right. the is uh, this, theater. Is this your way of saying that, uh, ladies, you could have gone with Jeff if? Uh, yes. Y- yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't have invited you because I love to experience my movies by myself, and that's and that's what I like to do. So when there was no one to the side of me, it was a perfect experience, and it was it was beautiful in every sense of the word, like, in every in every aspect, because like. From visually, it was beautiful. From the story, it was beautiful. From the tributes, it was beautiful. And just the the way that they were able to tell a story with the amount of pressure, the amount of sadness, the amount of like heartache that they had to go through, I think it was a, a just a huge triumph to to see them um, come out with this and come out with a win. 
And that's that's what it seemed like for me. Yeah, no, and obviously we'll we'll get into all sorts of specifics. But uh, same question for you, Thomas. Big picture, uh, how did you see it, and uh, what were your thoughts uh, once you did see it? I saw it at three thirty p.m. Thursday, yeah. IMAX 3D. Uh, the theater wasn't packed, but there was a family to the right of me, and the dad was like hacking up a lung. I'm like, dude, oh, get no. yourself a tough top. Um, <laughs> I was I was blown away. I mean. My my biggest I haven't posted on it yet because I wanted to give people time to to process before I opined and I I don't do spoilers when I post, but bring Kleenex because when they did after after the teaser scene when they did what would usually be the Marvel fanfare without music and it's all a montage of Chadwick Boseman's appearances that's the first time they got me and there were other times. But and just to just to jump in, it was that montage of Chadwick Boseman, and it was silent. It, that right. was so much no, more no, impactful. No, like no Marvel fanfare. If they'd had like like really sad violin, that would have been less sad than. Oh nothing, yeah, you know, yeah. I I and we had seen a montage similar to that right after he passed away. I think they attached it to Disney Plus content. Yes. I, I don't know, at least for a while. Even still, expecting that I was going to see that. I agree with you, Thomas. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> good thing good thing I wasn't allowed to bring a plus one. <laughs> what I really appreciate about the story, and they were working, I mean, they had almost insurmountable odds, but it's about grief and loss and recovery. But Shuri, and this is the most time we spent with Shuri since the first film, but somebody who is just sunny and... She's just completely devastated. And to see her say, I want to burn it all down and Namor's eavesdropping, it's like, I heard what you said. <laughs> Let me help you. It's like, whoa. No, I not, thought they not, not at all, not at all creepy, fish man. Yeah. I, I heard what you said. <laughs> I, I just I just thought that it was a re it was so refreshing to have a really strong script because this was the summer of terrible. This has been a year of, or a summer of really, well, the summer, terrible scripts, fall, many of the same, but finally, everything they did, using Riri Williams as the catalyst character to get the plot engine going, was very organic, and uh, and then having her, her bond with Shuri, <laughs> the, the young, gifted, and black joke, which was great, uh, but no, it was just... And it moved like a rocket. I did not look at my watch once. I've seen shorter films, League of Super Pets, where I looked at my watch because <laughs> I was bored. Uh, but I did not look at my watch once. And it's like, what? We're done? What? <laughs> yeah, no. that was a, uh, it, it's a, it's a fast two hours and 41 minutes as opposed mm -hmm. to the Batman, which was the slowest two hours and 59 minutes that uh, I've had at a movie theater in a long time. I'm not even saying that it's a, a you know that there there aren't a lot of things that I took away from enjoying that movie. Just talking about that runtime, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, this did move uh, really well. Sorry, what were you going to say, Thomas? No, the um, I really liked the reinvention of Namor, and I a lot of I know a lot of the purists, but when they when they show us, and I always forget the name of the under you know. His underwater kingdom because not it's not Atlantis. Atlantis. Not it's Atlantis. always Atlantis, mm -hmm. and they, they've they've gone and called it something else. And I'm like, how dare they? It's like Telecom, right? Yeah, yeah. Telecom. I got like 46 yeah. years of calling it Atlantis. <laughs> now I gotta I gotta learn the new name. 
But, but it was interesting. It, it was visually interesting. And the fact that they gave us the backstory on how this civilization developed, which we never got in Aquaman. But I just and and Namor, man, it's like Killmonger squared. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just yeah. I, I do plan to see it again. Uh, a, a much but... bigger chip on his shoulder. Uh, and you know, that's kind of the interesting thing. Uh, you know, I had a friend who asked me. Uh, my my friend Zia, who I do a lot of shows with, she always uh, never cares about spoilers. And I was just, you know, I was texting her after I saw it and she was wondering what I thought about Namor. And honestly, I find him not to be an incredibly interesting character in the comics. I've read a lot mm -hmm. of him. It, you know, he's like most interesting, uh, you know, as a foil to the Fantastic Four. On his own, he's not the most interesting character. And I'm like, oh, this is way more interesting than he ever was. And it's funny that you mentioned Aquaman, Thomas, because I'm like, are they trying to out Aquaman, Aquaman a little bit with their, they're like, but look at how much cooler our undersea city is. And, you know, we don't, we don't have Amber Heard in our movie, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What, uh, what did you, what did you think about uh, that aspect of, of it, Jeff, as, as we got to see uh, not Atlantis? No, I, I thought that was really cool. And I, two things, two things. I thought it was really cool seeing how they enter, like, I'm thinking of a different word, it, um, brought in the water world into the MCU because, you know, that's, that's always a thing for, like, films. How are you going to show underwater? How are they going to see people swimming? Is it going to be like Avatar or is it literally going to be people underwater? And it's funny enough, they showed Avatar right before the film. Yeah, but well, that's, that's the funny thing, too, is because Avatar 2 is set underwater. The people in Avatar, as we know, are blue. And I'm like, I feel like I've already seen that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I've, and, it's, and it's funny because, like, Avatar the movie is more almost animation, almost Spider-Verse, where this yeah. is real live action because you're seeing why the people's skin are blue and you understand everything else. But I'm, I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked. Either sure, way, sure. it was it was beautiful to to see um, the underwater world and to see it through um, um, Namor's eyes, and then to watch it also through um, Letitia's eyes. Um, and um, it was like the beautiful music that they were playing and everything. I I think that like the soundtrack was so instrumental to the film, just like the first one. But like the just the thought process when visually seeing the, the city and then also hearing it, I thought it was really cool. And then on the opposite side, it was dark. It was new. It's the first time we're seeing that city. So it wasn't as big as I would like to see one thing about films. And one thing's about, uh, about like MCU films. We like seeing big world, big, expansive, big world. I mean, big bright worlds. That's why we saw more of Wakanda this year or this time around. We yeah, didn't sure. see a lot of it because it's dark, it's underwater. So I'm expecting when we get the Neymar movie that is gonna they're gonna find different technology or different ways to make it look brighter for a whole movie. But I mean that was my only like critique in that in that sure. sense. Um, yeah, there you know I had to think really carefully about how I felt about the movie because I don't want to shortchange what was great about it, which was most of it. And there is phenomenal character development. You have characters that you already knew who get to shine strong female characters. I don't know that this was necessarily the best place to introduce Riri Williams to us, but I liked her so much that <clears throat> I, you know, I think 
oh boy, I'd love to kind of discover her in her upcoming Disney Plus series the way we did with Kamala Khan. But that being said, I loved her dynamic with Shuri, the two of them together, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the line you referenced, uh, Thomas, uh, you know, just like, oh, you probably don't say that in Wakanda. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, just, you know, she's very funny. And I think I think it's smart to introduce her with the uh, characters that we're familiar with. Um, it is one of those like, oh, I don't know if we needed it, but I liked it. It didn't it isn't like I don't know if we needed it. And that's like an easy 20 minutes to take out of a, a slow movie. No, none of that. Um, and I mean, Letitia Wright is phenomenal in this, just the range that we get, because when we mm-hmm. see her in sort of the beginning of the movie, she's the way we we've always seen her and the majority of the movie, she's kind of this in between. And then we really see these different phases that she goes through and uh, go ahead. I just, I just want to say just to jump in their relationship it's beautiful to see not only because like they can relate on so many different levels because of being young, black and gifted in that sense, but also we don't have an Iron Man anywhere anymore. So yeah. what is, what does that mean for her? Who is going to be her mentor going forward? Does that mean in her, in her future suit is going to be uh, Shuri's voice instead of Iron Man's? I don't know, but I was like, I just thought that was like a cool um, substitute in the mentor um, realm for her. Yeah, no, and 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 also the idea of uh, you know I can't let you keep your suit. I thought that that was like uh, you know she got it, but it's like yeah, but just mm-hmm. imagine if she could have. But it's great because of whatever she does uh, come up with, you know. And uh, you know we'll we'll delve into some of the more specific spoilers as we go along. But you know, just kind of watching her struggle, yes, with her brother's death, but what it means for her, and just the continued loss throughout it. So she was great introducing Namor. Uh, it was just, again, so much more interesting. And I thought that the fight scenes were all top notch. I saw somebody tweet and I forget who it was. My apologies to them that the, the fight on the bridge in Boston was somehow probably the, their, their personal favorite. And I was like, yeah, the other ones had so many more people, but it was just like, that was just intent, like, especially the one-on-one of it, you know? Uh, and I think, I, I I often say I need to see this one again. And this one, I definitely feel like I need to because I didn't dislike this movie at all. I was never bored. I didn't think, well, that didn't, you know, this scene didn't play for me. And I think maybe I'm spoiled because at the end, the word that, that kind of lingered with me was it felt a little ordinary. And I think that's because I'm unfairly comparing it to the first one, you know, because the first one, it just felt like more than a movie. And there's nothing they can do about the fact Chadwick Boseman's not in. I mean, you know, new footage, you know, he's passed away. So I think that they do a great job of honoring him. And, uh, you know, it's just a painful reminder of, oh, if only we'd gotten one more with him, you know, Uh, but it's just not the way it worked. And I think that they handled all of it well. And I, I just, I don't know. I guess I just wanted more. I think I understood the argument heading into this. There's a lot of people, some of them I follow on social media, this idea that why didn't they just recast him? I think this movie did a really good job addressing why they didn't recast him and just how painful that would have been. You know, regardless of I'm sure they would, you know, if they had, they would have hired somebody just incredibly talented who would have been great. I have no doubt about that, but I think it would have been too much. What do you think? Uh, and feel free either of you to jump in and uh, tell me I'm crazy for uh, <laughs> applying the word ordinary to this movie. But I think I'm just spoiled uh, by what we've gotten 
with Black Panther before, but also some of the some of the other MCU movies. I'll ask you first, uh, Thomas, uh, sort of that idea. And then also this idea that existed outside of the movie of why aren't you just recasting Chadwick Boseman? I'll take the second question first. Um, the time, the major times, the major recasts in Marvel first, the new roadie for Iron Man 2 because of a contract dispute. And then, and they all boy, did they dodge a bullet with uh, Terrence Howard? Yeah, well, yeah, and, speaking his... of dodging, and speaking of dodging bullets, they dodged a bullet not using Edward Norton for, them. yeah, oh, yeah. So, and then the upcoming re I mean. The, the upcoming recast of using uh, Harrison Ford to replace William Hurt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are all pretty much secondary characters. We're talking a central character, the first black superhero ever from a major company. And I think it would have done a disservice to say, I hate, hate, hate when um, you when you swap out an actor and we're supposed to pretend, oh, it's the same character. You know, uh, I was never a new girl fan, but I was delighted to hear that they didn't just replace uh, the Damon character. Wayans like, Damon Wayans Jr. Damon Wayans They had Jr. shot a pilot with him and you could have very easily reshot mm. the pilot. Yeah. And then they were able to use the character again down the road. They just used Coach. And uh, the... Yeah, Winston, the other character that Winston. they brought in was this completely different great character. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's very easy to do that. You know, I mean, I, I hate the notion the, the, thir that... the 30 Rock pilot, the lead on the show within the show was Rachel Dratch. Oh, yeah. They replaced it with Jane Krakowski. And it was a, it was a kind of like a completely different show. But uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Recasting, you know, when you have to do it, you know, I mean, I think that the, you know, for for old time TV nerds, you go way back to Bewitched with the mm -hmm. second Darren. That was because of health problems. Partridge family. Yeah. And the then, you know, and then there's times where like uh, on Roseanne, they they switched the Becky's a couple of times and they, they kind of made a joke out of it on screen each time. You know, they were like, yeah, we get it. But yeah, it's, it's hard because, you know, like with recasting Spider-Man, well, that's different. And Batman, because those are that's a different series of movies. You know, I mean, I guess technically, you know, when you think about it, though, Val Kilmer is playing the Michael Keaton character, even though the style is very different. He is stepping in in that one. But it just doesn't it doesn't feel like the same universe nope. because it's, you know, if if um, it, I don't know. But I, I guess if uh, if it had been the same director, perhaps, but. You know, it just it doesn't feel like the same movie, if you know what I mean. So I do agree with you. I I think I just thought, you know, T'Challa is such a great character. He has so much history. And I, I, I don't you know, I think even before I saw the movie, I'd kind of come around the idea of like, well, clearly they don't feel like that's the right thing to do. And yeah, if we were just looking at some new actor as T'Challa, I, I think you're right. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Um I, I was trying to I was trying to imagine what it would feel like for for the actors to to have a new person come in as the as the Black Panther, and it almost for some odd reason it it, it brings me to like when my when my grandfather passed away and when my grandmother started dating new men, and there was there was times where a, a person came in and he would sit at like the top of the table where my grandfather would sit, and it's like 
sir, I don't even know your last name. <laughs> you you can't like you can't you can't come in here and be at our mantle and try to run this. It's different. We're about family. We're we're doing this this way. This is how we do things. You can't come in and be number one. So from that aspect, I feel like it would be weird. It wouldn't be authentic. And then two on the authentic part, I think it was for me, it was easy to say, you know what? Let's be real about it. The audience knows what happens because they're dealing with this too. Let's deal with this together and show how everybody deals with grief. They even use almost like, like almost to, like to an extent, they use his exact, um, the way he died and that he didn't tell people about it. And it was a, a silent death. And there was, um, they wish they would have known so they could have done stuff. So like, there's a lot of taken from real life experiences that you can show in the film. And I think it only boosts the film and it boosts the experience for not only the audience, but like for the actors themselves, because I haven't, I haven't seen this in interviews yet, but I would love to ask like, what type of therapy was it going through this with the actors, with yourself having to deal with grief as a character and then as a person as well? I read an interview with Letitia Wright and she said she called him a couple of times and forgetting that he's never going to return the call. And it's like, you know, left him a message. It's like, she never got to, to say a proper goodbye. But no, I think that it lets the world mourn with the characters. And when 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 they got to the actual montage of footage of Chadwick Boseman at the end, that was time number two when I started to lose it. It's just like... I- I, I agree that uh, putting it that late in the film was more impactful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it, if like when we're getting sort of the, the funeral portion, uh, if that's when we got it, it still would have been powerful. But when you've just been in this, in this world, you've been in this movie for two and a half hours and then you see it then and you're like, Oh man. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's the right decision because of the circumstances, you know, Thomas, you were talking about minor characters, but if it had been Chadwick Boseman, you know, wanted twice as much money as Marvel Studios is willing to pay him. So we replaced him. It it would be a little bit of a different feeling, I think. You know what I mean? I think if it was just one of those, you know, he mentioned uh, Harrison Ford, you know, when uh, Alec Baldwin said, uh, look at how much money Hunt for Red October made. Uh, I want a ton of money for Patriot games. And they're like, no, for that kind of money, we could get Harrison Ford. And I'm not really sure changing Alec Baldwin, uh, but uh, Harrison Ford's a step up, especially in 1991, you know? So uh, if it had been something like that, it might be a different conversation. But I think, I think I agree with both of you that this idea that the characters in the movie, the actors on set, Ryan Coogler, everybody just wanting to mourn and kind of, you know, take the time, also celebrate what you had had before, but then also be ready to move on, you know, and uh, you know, maybe there were plans for Shuri to be uh, Black Panther, you know, in like seven or eight years or something. And they're like, well, we've just kind of moved it up. Um, well, let me ask you first, Jeff, do you feel like you get what I was saying earlier with the idea of I wanted to be a little bit more like in awe and blown away. And, and you know, you don't have to subscribe to me calling this movie ordinary. It was just this nagging feeling. And I wasn't sure how to, I'm still having trouble kind of verbalizing it, which is why I want to see it again. Uh, do you think uh, that I'm just spoiled by too many good MCU movies and uh, uh, that this movie actually delivered in that way? Or do you, can you kind of, at least, even if you don't agree, can you see where I'm coming from? 
I, I think it's a little bit of both. And, and yes, I definitely see where you're coming from. And this is why I, I think that because for, for her character, Shuri's character, I feel like it, it wasn't as well as developed as I wanted it to be because when I'm, I'm kind of jumping into the Killmonger stuff, like when, no, that's when, all right. Yeah. I mean, uh, people know when we do these shows, we eventually get into the spoilers. Yeah. We've gone 27 minutes without like a real big spoiler. Cause if exactly. you see the trailer, you see that the new black Panther is a, is, is, you know, is like a, a female silhouette. So you're not really surprised up until that point. That is the one spoiler yeah. that I was like, Oh, that would be so disappointing if I'd had it, what you were about to talk about. So we've, uh, We've uh, given out all the spoiler warnings, so go ahead. The, the, and uh, two, I don't know how I didn't notice it when the marketing, she's literally wearing a gold mask. That was a big part of the first movie and technically a big part of the second movie because as uh, when she walks and sees her regular mask, she's like, nope, let me go to a gold one. But either way, um, I felt like it wasn't well-developed. Her, yes, it was, it was um, she was angry, but when when Killmonger comes in there and kind of pushes her towards the the vengeance side, I feel like they could have teased that in the in the in the writing a little bit more. Maybe use some same language that Killmonger used when he was um, when he was speaking Latin, and I was gonna say last season in the first movie. Sure. Because they <laughs> they they definitely tried to when um, Nakia was asking who did you see when people were like kind of seeing a little bit of change in her. But I just I just felt like there needed to be a better connection to Killmonger because he was brought in there for, for us to be like, oh, snap, he's back. But I just feel like there wasn't a good, a strong enough connection. And that's why it didn't hit for me for um for Shuri as well. And then also towards the end, when she was saying um, in Bombay and everybody's um, saying it as well, it just didn't hit the same for me. Is when um, Chadwick was saying it, um, as like when they're about to when they're about to fight, and like yeah. that's like their their war their war tr- um, sign and everything, and they're about to fight, and you you hear her voice, and then you hear everybody else's, and for me, I, it just didn't connect. I don't know if it was the audio, I don't know if it was just like how I felt about it, I don't know if it wasn't it didn't feel earned to earned to me, but that's where that's where I was um, struggling, but um. But still, I, I, I love her character and I hope she gets more to the levity side because I, I love when she brings levity and, and technology to, to um, her character. And I want to see that in the Black Panther. Right. Uh, Thomas, I'm going to ask you the same thing, you know, and I was uh, I, I saw the the opinion that uh, this was the best Marvel movie of the year. And then I was like, well, that's not really saying much, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, exactly. praise. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I'm like, is that a backhanded compliment? They didn't mean it that way. Uh, look, I, uh, I, I, I had fun with Thor. Uh, I, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, you, you want to talk about, uh, it, it, about ordinary. It was just like, it was like the seventh season premiere of Thor, the TV show. You, you knew what you were into when you got that. Dr. Strange, uh, I had a, a mutual friend of ours, Thomas. Will Sterling walked out of Dr. Strange. He just oh, couldn't, he couldn't take wow. it. Yeah. So, wow. uh, you know, uh, but uh, I liked both of those. I'm like, well, yeah, this e- even with me having questions about it, this is definitely better than both of those. That's not really saying anything, no. you know, it's, it's, it, 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 so, um, but 
do you understand what I, what I, you know, is it maybe I just, because the connection to that first movie is so strong, do you think that that might have something to do with it? Uh, or do you want to just tell me that I'm, I'm crazy and I, I missed no. the point on this movie and you need, you, you need me to go see it for a second time tonight. <laughs> I, I can see why some people might be disappointed. However, comma, I was, I am not one of them. Sure. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I appreciate about both movies. They're about something. Agreed. And face it, Marvel movies, usually well-produced, operative word usually, very rarely about something important. You know, Winter Soldier, a little bit about something. But Black Panther 1 is about something. Black Panther 2, also about something. It is about grief, recovery, and being forced to take on a role you were never expected to. It's funny. Um, I'm in a I'm in a reading group with some other people at the university. We're we're reading Dune. I haven't read it since I was my student hmm. age, and as I read, I'm just amazed at how good the new script is, having suffered through pre two previous versions. Similarly, oh yeah, the, there was a there was like a Sci-Fi Channel version, right? Oh not yeah, just the David Lynch version. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, I really appreciate this script is solid. It is about Grief, recovery, and being forced into a role. Because just as Paul, because of his dad's death, is forced to become the new Duke, Shuri was not planning to, expecting to. I mean, there's a joke about it in the first movie. But she was not planning to, be, to have to wear the, the mantle of the Black Panther. And then, for me, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of, of uh, Brother Jeff here. When Killmonger shows up, in the in the dream seek the on the ancestral plane for me that shows how angry she is and the fact that it's only her mother's voice and and we haven't talked about the other major surprise in the movie they killed yeah, Ramunda. oh right. my gosh and angela bassett is a boss oh man when she goes you mm. in and lays them out <laughs> Yeah. Can, yeah. Can I, I mean, it, it, that's one of those where I'm like, it's disappointing because she is so great. But for the story, you're like, they had to, you know what yeah, I mean? They and, had to. And evidently had, had Chadwick not passed, that was still the plan. Mm -hmm. You know, there is yeah. a, you know, it, it'll, yeah. it'll never happen, but um, you know, obviously there was a script for a black Panther sequel before Chadwick Boseman passed away. I would just love to just, you know, even if I have to go into one of those rooms where I'm supervised and just I read it while, you know, they make sure I don't take any pictures of it or anything. I would just I'm just curious. I, you know, what? I'd even read a summary of it. I'm just curious as to what that was. I feel like it's probably, you know, some of the, the same themes in this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do agree uh, with all that. You know, the thing that I'm thinking about with Killmonger when Jeff was talking about it, I think if there had been a little maybe there was like a little nagging. You know, if she had kind of talked to him maybe one more time, but again, two hours, 41 minutes, I don't know where the time is for that. And there is like kind of a flashback to it. I, I just felt like it would have been more impactful, but I do agree with what Thomas said in the sense that that was the perfect way to illustrate like, oh yeah, she's not in a good place. If she that's who really, she's talking to. She is in yeah. a dark place. And the thing is people, um, you know, one of the reasons I got to, to know some of my costuming buddies is after my dad passed. And I, I was just reminded by uh, a, a chaplain where my dad used to work that it's been 15 years. But after my dad passed, I was in I was in a dark place and I didn't 
the way I acted out was, you know, I'm not going out trying to kill anybody or anything, but still there are self destruct Basically, I, I, I had a chance meeting with somebody and that helped redirect my energy towards, hey, this is something you can do that's constructive with your time and you can help, you know, do hospital visits with sick kids. So redirection, but I don't begrudge them that at all. And, you know, could they have made it a little bit more obvious? You know, I'm, I thought that, I think the pieces are that we could tell she was in a bad place. Yeah. Just the fact that she lets Nakia kill, basically, you know, take care of her. And Nakia warns her, you don't have to die. And the woman mm -hmm. doesn't listen. And so she dies. And of course, Namor decides to exact revenge by murdering uh, Ramunda. But man, it's just for for me. It's kind of it's kind of a lesson that the ending of uh, of Return of the Jedi doesn't work if there's not an actual possibility that Luke will go to the dark side of the Force. And yeah. for me, if Shuri had given into her worst impulses, prodded on by her cousin on the ancestral plane that would be an entirely different movie and that's not what Mar you know marvel is after all trying to make mostly family friendly entertainment and we don't want our heroes generally straight up murdering people yeah. and what i found was fascinating is is the fact that she spares namor and cuts this deal with him and then what i thought should have been a post credit scene personally He's like, I'm totally going to take advantage of that yeah. because war with the surface people is coming and we have an ally. It's yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I, I agree, by the way, if that had been, you know, it, you know, a mid credit scene and maybe the mid credit scene had been an end credit scene or something uh, that reveal that, of, the end. The, that reveal of like that, you know, he's playing her. You he's know, playing and, chess. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jeff? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I want to be I want to be where you're at with um with shuri's voyage as a character and and especially with killmonger because i appreciate it and i and i and i know why they did it and i know it was needed i just feel like you know where they they, they gave us too much we did not need um too much uh defontaine and and um, ross we had way too many scenes with them we could have used we could have got as much character development and context right outside the courtrooms or right outside those um yeah right outside the courtrooms when we saw Ramona, Ramunda doing her work we could have saw those right outside and then moved on and then the fact that um he got arrested and then went over to to get saved by the um by the Dormelage that yeah. could have been a post credit scene because we really we know this was just teasing the thunderbolts and then the Wakanda TV series like yeah. it's 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 teasing both but it felt like it was too much and I felt like that's why it kind of took me out. But I wanted more character development. Why is Shuri mad? What is she going to do with it? How is Killmonger really in her head like that? But I do love the fact that we didn't see uh, Ramunda was there too. Or, yeah, Ramunda was there later in, in the astral plane yeah. um, talk, talking to her as well. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know that we ever really I mean, if you think about it, we really didn't need Martin Freeman or Julie Dreyfus in this movie at all. But maybe that was in the interest of representation. So a white <laughs> member of the audience like me could relate to somebody. Else. Marvel was like, yo, we gotta, we gotta bring him in. Come on. No, that, look, that, we, that we killed off Andy circus. We just have one Tolkien white guy left. 
And that's we gotta, the, we gotta bring in Julia Louis Dreyfus to remind people is this probably is, one of the tougher parts of what Kevin Feige does is how much you know world building, phase building are you going to devote to each of your movies? Because yeah, everything Jeff said, Thunderbolts, Wakanda series, Ironheart, all this stuff comes mm-hmm. out of it, and you need to set that up. You know, I think that uh, a movie that I typically liked was, uh, for the most part, I liked Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I know a lot of people didn't. But uh, people are coming around on Andrew Garfield now, though, aren't they? So I look like I'm ahead of my time. But the biggest problem with that movie, apart from Blue Jamie Foxx, is they set up like three projects, none, none of, of which they made. Or Nope, because that was... Thank the North Korean, North Korean hack for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there was so, you know, like, like sinister six and uh, the, the, the guy from the office, BJ Novak was uh, Alistair Smythe. And uh, what's her name from rogue one was Felicia Hardy. There's like all these, there's like, well, what are you doing? This is too much. You know, you're like setting up like eight movies and none of them got made. Here, and this, well, let me just finish my thought. This movie did not do that. However, you're watching this and it's like, you might as well have put up on the screen set up, you know, like, like this, you know, what were you going to say, Thomas? Yeah. Here's the problem. That's this, this is really starting to become a problem with the TV series and the films is the setup for the ancillary products is so clunky. It's not yeah. organic at all. I thought Riri Williams intro was pretty organic. The stuff with Val and I mean, Martin Freeman was in the last movie. I did not think the stuff with Val worked that well. And they really haven't found that character's voice yet. Yep. Evil, I mean, do you think that they yes. just threw in that they had been married because they're like, there's got to be some reason that we're doing That's this. That's what I'm saying. She was it not, sounds it like was an afterthought, earned. you know? It's almost like, did they improvise that line? And then they go like, yes. <laughs> what was, were you going to say, was, Jeff? Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, just to you guys' point, it, was, it wasn't earned. She was she got placed into one scene into black I believe Black Widow and now yeah. and now like we're seeing more Post of her in this right. and and I'm like to it's it it almost gave me Captain Marvel I'm like you can't be all all this powerful without us knowing who you are we need some like I I need something it just wasn't it wasn't earned and she just like kind of ran over like you guys know I'm the director and I'm like okay but like give, let's go back to Wakanda. Like I, I or, or bring or bring yeah. um, Ross over to Wakanda. Like I just needed some type of branch. It just was. It wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it is interesting that she's the CIA director. You know, you'd think yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, you know Shield reformed and she was the director of Shield. Uh, but yeah, it's almost like uh, I don't know. You could have put that somewhere else, right? <laughs> you know, does that can that go in the middle of Quantum Mania? Maybe I, I look. I don't know. That could have been the post credit scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've now got like four post credits. <laughs> exactly. He's no Nick Fury. I'll say that much. Yeah. Uh, going back in the chat a little while ago, uh, Daniel Drew, I know, got to see this movie on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, he went to the double feature, which I would have loved to have had the time for, by Same. the way. It was great seeing the double feature on Thursday after seeing the movie on Wednesday, so I could have all of my OMG reactions first, and then relive the movie again before seeing uh, you know, uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, there, there, A lot of times, the Marvel movies, the second time I see it, 
it's the one where I'm like, oh, I can calm down. I don't have to be like all, you know, like uh, uh, No Way Home is a good example. Was like, mm-hmm. way I knew everything that was coming at that point. I could just relax and actually watch the movie, you know. Uh, but like the first time, it's like, what, what, what is, what is, wait, what, what, uh, you know. So I, I do get that, and um, I, I, de- I very much want to see uh, this movie again. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't, I don't have anything negative to, to say about it. That's kind of what I, I've been getting at. It, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what I felt like I needed, but boy, when you put it in the context of, uh, in relation to the last few actual Marvel movies, uh, mm. you know, you want to put this up against Eternals for a moment. We could do that. <laughs> you know? Um, but but I, I which I didn't hate by the way, but, uh, those action, those action scenes in Eternals with, uh, Macari, I'm, yep. I'm hopefully I'm not butchering her name too much. Those those speedster scenes in Eternals, I loved it. Yeah, no, aren't they I about the same length? About the, the, the movies, movies. The, I the, probably. I think Eternals and uh, Wakanda Forever are about the same running. They're time. both about two forty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but right. they this feel one totally felt different. like a quick two forty, and yeah. Eternals felt like a oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, this Yeah. Well, this is good. This is a comment from Cammy Egan that's going to bring up uh, something that I know Jeff commented on on social media. Cammy uh, Egan says, I love the fact that Shuri's grief for her brother is front and center, but Mbaku imparts to her that she has too much to give Wakanda. Uh, let's talk about him. Winston and Duke. First of, all, first of all, how funny he was. Like, you know, just like what he would do if he saw that fish man. And then he, when he actually goes up against the fish man, that was great. But uh, Jeff, I saw that that was your post after seeing the movie. So let's talk yes. about Ibaku. You go ahead and uh, tell he, us your thoughts, Jeff. Yes, he's been one of my favorite characters since the first movie, just because of like how outrageous his character is, but like how serious he is and how like demeaning he is from from every aspect. And then just to kind of go away from this film how big Winston Duke is as a, as a character and seeing him in other films outside of this. I just love, love that. But for this film film specifically, I thought he had a great range as well because he does a lot of the comedy, but he's also there as a mentor in a sense tour or, or just a guide towards, um, towards Shuri because she doesn't have family anymore. She doesn't have an older brother. She doesn't have a mom anymore. Like who is going to be her, her kind of guide and like bring her back when she goes too far. Because that's usually family. And if you don't have anybody, that's that's the role that he gets to play. And um, skipping into what they teased at the end, it's, it's going to be great to see him in even a bigger role. And not only is he going to be the king of Wakanda, but, like, the king of Wakanda means he's doing stuff to the world. So once the world is trying to come at him and we see the next Black Panther, it's going to be a Black Panther and the king of Wakanda going, um, like, to, to a two-headed monster in that sense. He- and it's going to be really yeah. cool to see them um, attack, attack, or um, just like defend Wakanda. That's a great moment when he tells Shuri that uh, T'Challa made him promise that he would take care of her, you know, because mm-hmm. he, you know, and that's another one of those very powerful moments. And look, the idea that he is clearly suited to be king of Wakanda. King of Wakanda probably should not be the Black Panther. I think that those are two very full-time jobs. It's a Thomas, it's like Star Trek the Next Generation. The captain doesn't go down on away missions because That's he's got correct. too much captaining to do. <laughs> you you got run. Yeah. I, I really I mean Winston Duke, a big fan of his, but that was one of the smart things in Black Panther One at the beginning of the movie. He and T'Challa start as adversaries 
And by the end of the movie, they become allies. And the mm-hmm. fact that his allyship grows in this one, in the absence of, you know, first the brother and then, uh, then the queen, I love it. I think it's great. And it's the fact that he can play the broad comedy, but he can also play the straight drama. I mean, I hope his... I mean, I think his career got a boost from the first movie, but I, I hope it gets a big boost from this movie too, because he is, you know, one of the MVPs of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just the fact that, and and just the fact that face it, Wakanda, even though it's not a, even though though it's not a matriarchal society, because of all the turns of events, we don't have a lot of strong men or any, you know. Very few male characters in Wakanda at all. We have a lot of strong women, and it's great to have them there, showing that you know, even though we we value and esteem women in the society, men are still important too. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, just- I think that the strength of the female characters, both literal in fight sequences, but then just also of character, is well represented in here. And you know that. There's that moment in Avengers Endgame that uh, a lot of people point to where all of the female characters are ready to fight in the moment. And it just felt forced and disingenuous. This had the feeling of organic. You know what I mean? It didn't feel forced. And I I, I understood what that was in Endgame. I'm not here to rip Avengers Endgame for any reason. But that moment always felt like, oh, I, I guess, okay. <laughs> You know, this was like, no, but look, look who we have. You know, we have all these characters. Um, let's we've sort of danced around uh, end credit scenes. Let's talk about the actual mid credit scene. And I made sure to tell everyone no actual end credit scene after the mid credit scene. Go to the bathroom because you've been holding it for probably three hours, you know, <laughs> the trailers, you know. Uh, so uh, I think that um, it's it's great but there's like a double reveal in it where I'm like, I didn't need the second one. When she said, I have somebody that I want you to meet. This is my son. I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. And then she says, Oh, he's just like his father to child. I'm like, yeah. Who did you think his father was? Why did you spell that out for her? We got it. I mean, didn't we, I don't know. Thomas, did, did they, did they have to hit us over the head with that? You know, I, I hate to sound down, but, People can be kind of dumb sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what? Right. the fact that we wait, have to... wait, wait. the fact that we're saying this less than a week after election day. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> Especially considering where I live. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um, but and and plus it clears up the timeline because you know, yeah. and it's funny how many articles on all the you know screen rant and you know, inverse, and everybody has all their you know, they had their pet theories before the movie and they have their pet theories after the movie, but it explains why Nakia was absent from Endgame, from the yeah, events of sure. Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. And, and the kid is the right age. Yeah. So the timeline track. This is one of the few movies, because right now with the TV shows and the movies, it's like they're loosey-goosey all over the place. They really need to start saying what Honestly, I don't know where we are in terms of how far are we back after like the blip ended. You know what I mean? After everyone came back. Mm-hmm. Are we 10 years? Are we five years? I, uh, there are, we've had people in the chat who sometimes jump in and have a better idea than I do. I actually don't know at this point, you know? Uh, and yeah. I, I agree with you though. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think the age of 
Prince T'Challa uh, definitely uh, works within the the concept of, you know, uh, obviously before. I guess it's before T'Challa was blipped, right? I mean, before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, um, what do you think about uh, that scene, Jeff? Uh, do Do you agree that maybe people did need it spelled out because uh, you know it was like I'm like, wait, Shuri's like one of the smartest people on the planet. She's surprised that this is her brother's kid. I knew it as soon as I saw him. I'm smarter than Shuri. I'm smarter <laughs> think, than the Black Panther. I think it was just um, I don't know. I I enjoyed the the, the spelling it out, and I think. I think the 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 minute when he said he had a uh, a Haitian name and then also a Wakandan name, and then the 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 thing for me that really stuck out is that when Ramonda got to see him as well, and and like if you remember when she went there the first time, that it was a quick scene like she saw Nakia and then they kind of moved on, like they had that big discussion, but like there was not much discussion anywhere anything outside of that, and then kind of coming full circle to see that like there was actually a way bigger discussion and discovery in that and that she got to see her grandson. And I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, um, yeah. And then kind of, I really, hopefully we get to talk about Ramunda's death before we, before yeah, we end, because no, well, I got some strong feelings about that. Yeah. But yes, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed meeting Prince T'Challa. Uh, yeah. Well, a, a good way to circle back towards that is I think that uh, Namor works in this movie in a lot of the same way that Killmonger works so well in the first movie. And honestly, there's a degree to which Thanos works your best adversaries. They start going through their bullet points. Here's who I am. Here's what I believe. And you go like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. I'm on board. I like that. And then, you know, Thanos blurts out, but then I want to snap my fingers and get rid of half the population. Whoa, 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 whoa. Settle down, buddy. You know what I mean? There's always like, there's always the thing where you go a little too far and you're like, man, okay, Namor, I guess he's like 5,000 years old. All right, that's interesting. Okay. The scenes with with he and Shuri just kind of going around, I thought that was great. And then he's like, and then I'm going to imprison the surface world. Dude, (laughs) what are you doing to us? And, uh, you know, the fact that that then leads to the moment where, uh, you know, I mean, he he kills the queen of Wakanda. And, uh, you know, I mean, the the fact that he doesn't end up dead in in the third act of this movie is kind of shocking. You know, I don't I like what have you had left it up to M'Baku, you know, if if he had been the one that was able to take him out. Um, But the actual uh, what did you want to say about the actual death, Jeff? Yeah, as soon as I like came to realize that she was dead, um, I just like leaned back and went like this, because like my mentality was, I I would kill him too. Like Namor yeah. has no redeeming qualities. Like I, it, like I she the, Angel Bassett is not related to me in any sense of the word. Like any sense of re- we're not related. I was hurt. <laughs> I was yeah. really upset that he killed her. And like, oh, so you're just okay with killing the queen like that? Just bet. So if Shuri would have killed him in that and like lay down the line, I still would have called her my uh, Black Panther because I would have did something like that. But that just means that I can't be a Black Panther because like I was ready to to just like it was it was a wrap for me. Like if you kill my mom, it's a yeah. wrap. You you're not getting more days. You're not getting Which, many more sleeps. By, by the way, if that had happened and T'Challa was still alive, mm. I don't know how he would have responded. 
You know, I mean, honestly, the movie would have been pretty much the same if that beat yeah. happens and T'Challa's the Black Panther. Maybe he visits with Killmonger. You know what I mean? It, it probably, yeah. you still check a lot of the same boxes, you know, because, yeah, I mean, it's like you killed his mom and like not you set off a bomb and didn't know she was there and accident. No, you knew that you were going to kill her. You also promised that you would kill her, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, uh, I know. Look, I agree with that. Uh, and uh, I think that I didn't expect Namor to get killed in this movie just because they're introducing him. You know, yeah. this isn't, this isn't like Superman breaking general Zod's <laughs> neck, you know, uh, you know, this this isn't like the bad Quicksilver getting killed in his first appearance. Sorry, Aaron Taylor Johnson, but uh, I'm I'm on the record uh, on that that Quicksilver. Um, what do you think about the way they handle this, Thomas? The you know the the passing of the Queen, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, Shuri really struggles with it. You know, well, but- the, the fact that and the fact that Ramunda specifically sacrifices her life to save to save her guests, to save Reary. Mm-hmm. And Reary knows it and feels a burden by it. Um, yeah, I would, you know, to quote Inigo Montoya, <laughs> prepare to die. But I do love that at the crucial moment, Shuri has a flashback of her mother saying, show him who you are. And that's kind of the central question of the movie is Shuri doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Does she want to be more like her brother and mother or more like her cousin? And the fact that, again, this is a Marvel movie, <laughs> you know, that she chooses the higher, she cho- chooses the high, you know, she chooses mercy over justice slash vengeance. But, uh, which of course leads to, you know, further complications going on to whatever we're going to see whenever we see these characters again so but um man at the beginning of that fight though she was you know yeah once they they enacted their plan to dry him out yeah Mm. yeah and then you know being able to get him out to the desert you know Mm -hmm. it's just uh it's like you might be five thousand years old but uh you definitely got outsmarted you know and uh You know, uh, I, I thought that uh, watching that plan executed, I, I, I thought was great to just kind of see just, you know, you know, obviously her and Riri work together and coming up with all that. And, uh, you know, I thought that the, you know, watching her really be able to, t- to literally tear into him was like, uh, yeah, I think you needed to be you needed to show us what she's capable of. And, you know, it's not the fact that she wasn't able to kill him, the fact that she could have, but she stopped. What were you going to say, Jeff? No, I was uh, when you mentioned that they kind of just dried him out and brought him to the to the desert. I'm, I was thinking, just throughout the whole time, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight the surface world." I said, "With who and what army?" Because like you can fight the surface world, but your homies can't like stay outside of the water for only like ten more minutes, and then you still got like thirty five. So it's it, <laughs> yeah. I need to see. I think I think Marvel and and the writers are gonna have a lot of work to do on figuring out how the people that can't be above water are going to kill the people that can just, let's just go to Kansas and figure out if they can find us. Like, you know, like literally they got, no whales are going to take them to Kansas. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. We're going to have Dr. Strange open a portal and we're going (laughs) to dump them in death Valley. See ya. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) 
you can have uh, Wong, you can have Wongers do it. That's true. Wongers <laughs> could do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Daniel Drew was trying to help us sort of with this. Uh, I think uh, Nakia left after T'Challa got dusted, and they said she'd been uh, she'd been gone six years, which suggests mm-hmm. this movie's twenty twenty five. I think it's a little bit later than that because of the five years that had passed before uh, Endgame. But I do agree with this comment from Daniel. I think after every phase, they should give us a timeline for the shows and movies. And even if, you know what, if you have to alter it, if you have to go back and go like, actually, this thing, this flashback scene exists in this place, you know, because like Black Widow throws everything off because of the time that it was set in. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Try to make it less confused. Look, the majority of people who see these movies don't care. But for us, the three of us right now talking about this on a Saturday afternoon, just just put it on the website, you know, like, yeah. you know, just let us know where it is. Moon, dude. I, I, I hope Secret Invasion kind of brings us back to Earth and in a sense that like they tell us what year we're at, what is going on in the world because we're going to be back with Samuel L. Jackson and he's going to be like kind of figuring out what, what is earth like now. So hopefully that kind of brings us back into where in the MCU we are. Yeah. But I, uh, I agree with you. And Daniel's also right. Uh, that Namor's like 500 years old. Uh, I, I was getting my, my head confused. When you, with how black you, Adam was 5,000 years old. I got my guys. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, cause we saw, and look that, Tying it to 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 that, I thought was instrumental in him being a more interesting character, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I I don't I don't see I I think in general, uh, you know, when they do anything, you know, where a character is introduced as being a, a different race than we're used to seeing them, usually it it isn't something that is particularly noteworthy. I think the the one that made the least sense is the one that no one talks about really, which is the ancient one goes from being an old Chinese guy to being Tilda Swinton. <laughs> so, you know, that's the one, that's the one to me. I'm just like, what's well, not yeah. problematic in the way people throw the word problematic around. I'm like, but it just doesn't make sense. But uh, this explanation for Namor and giving him this backstory, I'm like, that is way more interesting than what uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby came up with, in, mm-hmm. you know, like 80 and, years and what ago. What race is Namor supposed to be? I mean, traditionally they've given him Asian like features, but Atlantis is not near Asia. Yeah. No. And, and also it's like, if you look at him in a comic book, he usually looks exactly like from the neck up, he usually looks exactly like Mr. Spock, you know, <laughs> because of the, yeah. And uh, the wing effects were so cool. I was like, yeah, imagine yeah. if they tried to bring this character to the screen, I don't know, even 15 years ago. Like, if he was in the first Iron Man, imagine what those wings would have looked like. And, mm. uh, you know, so I have to uh, definitely, uh, you know, give it up for what he looked like. And, you know, this is only the first conversation that we're having about uh, Wakanda Forever. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll have uh, some uh, other great panelists joining us and we'll talk about it. We'll probably delve a little bit more into uh, the Submariner, a term that is never actually used in this film, just Namor. Uh, but even the, like the explanation of what his name means, no love. I was just like, Oh, see, like they just, you know, I don't even think Stan thought about why his name was Namor, you know, <laughs> the rumor is the creator of it took the word Roman and reversed it. Oh, right. And also, I'm sorry, that's a much older character than Stan and Jack because he was in the Invaders. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the one time where I think he actually predates Aquaman. 
Uh, Aquaman by two years. Yeah. So like, you know, Dr. Fate uh, came long before Dr. Strange. Uh, But uh, this is, this is the one example where you're like, actually it wasn't Marvel, but the company that predated Marvel actually had this guy before they had Aquaman. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to let, uh, I don't want to let either of you go without making sure that uh, there isn't anything else you wanted to delve into. Uh, Let's go with the, uh, the classic, Jerry Springer, final thoughts. Uh, what are some final thoughts about the movie? I'll ask you first, Thomas. A worthy successor to the first film. Uh, we it's it's a little meta in that as the characters mourn T'Challa's passing, we mourn Chadwick Boseman's passing. A couple of surprises and uh, some really strong acting. Yeah. I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, Jeff? A- any kind of final thoughts? Put a, um, put a I just kinda, on it. Yeah, I just kind of go back to what I what I mentioned at the top. I think it was just a, a, a humongous, just like achievement and triumph for for the cast, for the for the crew, for everybody that 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 knew Chadwick, and then also that just that worked on the project of Black Panther because it was I couldn't even imagine how it was trying to go back to that project and to see what they did you guys' point like it was everybody walked out of that that movie with something so um it was it was great to watch and i and i and i love that they were able to to achieve this yeah absolutely sorry cammy egan uh, has a great question did the uh you know namor's people the talokins uh, i don't i didn't say it right uh get mm-hmm. dusted like everyone else during the blip <clears throat> i don't see any reason to assume they didn't you know what I mean? Because it wasn't just Earth. It was throughout the gap. It was everywhere. So I would uh, assume they did, but I hadn't thought about it. And that's uh, Cammy Egan always uh, bringing uh, more to the table than uh, I'm capable of. But one uh, other question: Where was was um, where they're living? Talakan, close to you know that like big body of human that just popped out of the ocean at the end of Eternals. How close in the? <laughs> I know I know the ocean's big, but like where where was that located? It's Sorry, a great question, that, but you know, I'm sure that uh, <laughs> Feige has that, you know, on a post-it somewhere on his desk, but uh, nobody's asked about it. That's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I do not uh, have that answer. Uh, well, gentlemen, I'm so glad that we had this chance to talk about the movie. And uh, as I said, I'm excited to see it again because uh, there was a lot that I liked about it. I think I'm, I, I think you guys convinced me that I was right. I was just spoiled that uh, I don't, you know, and look to make a black Panther movie without black Panther, is a very tall order. And uh, mm-hmm. I do think that they did a great job of it. And we do have our Black Panther going forward. Uh, uh, as as long as she stops talking about vaccinations, I guess. Uh, you know, because <laughs> uh, move to the next subject. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it's like, because <laughs> I was joking with Jeff when we were texting before the movie came out. It's like her and Evangeline Lilly, they're, they're going to have their, their own little, uh, little side project uh, where, mm. I don't know, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting when people get opportunities and they think, uh, you know, especially if you get like, hey, stop talking about something. You know, we don't have to talk about uh, Gina Carano right now, but uh, you want to talk about somebody <laughs> who had an opportunity to possibly have her own show in the Star Wars universe. And you know what you could do? Just, just delete your Twitter don't post on social media. You'll be all right. So, you know, I, I think uh, she's great in this and it's not, you know, it's not the kind of thing that I think about, but 
they just, you know, it's such a weird part. Look, Twitter probably won't even exist by the time the audio version of this posts. So it's going <laughs> to cut down on a lot of that. You know, I think in the first day, the value went from the 45 billion Elon paid for it to 8 billion, but uh, it's still a mm. lot of billion. So I don't know. Uh, I think she's great. I've always thought that's a great character. Uh, I just wonder about what it's like to, you know, deal with like, you know, people, it's like, People should certainly have opinions in their private lives. But, uh, you know, somebody at the studio has to be like, yeah, but how do we negotiate that? You know, she's we've got like, you know, millions of dollars worth of action figures of her for sale now. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. So um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and of course, it says at the end, Black Panther will return, obviously. Because if he, exactly. if, the, if the Black Panther wasn't going to return, you didn't need to make this movie. <laughs> you know, we just been like, yeah, Black Panther died. Anyway, here's Ironheart. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see what's next. When do we, when do we get her again? And I don't know that it's any of the movies that have been announced. You know, I think it's going to probably be, it'll be a moment before we get to see her again. But I feel like there could be some Wakanda crossover with the Ironheart series. You know, that's I mean, really that's I think probably the the best result of this anyway not really uh much else to say at this moment but uh again i appreciate both of you uh thomas parm as i mentioned in the intro uh the chair of the communications department at palm beach atlantic university the host of screen tom and i assume people can find screen tom wherever they find pro uh podcasts itunes anchor and spotify all right that's uh perfect and uh, on social media of course at blurred phd Yep. And uh, people can continue the conversation there. Uh, but uh, I, considering what I just said about Twitter, that's also your Instagram. So keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all of a sudden, Facebook isn't seeming so bad, is it? I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the company itself and, you know, all that maybe. But uh, as an app. Uh, Jeff Williams Jr., thank you so much for uh, finding some time to come back on. And uh you know, it must have been a real, you know, this we scheduled this one we did so that you could finish the Ohio State game. It seems like it was a real nail biter, uh, 56 to 14. Uh, I had to look it up <laughs> yeah. over at Indiana, which you're from Indiana, aren't you? So I'm all confused. Exactly. And it's, it's, it was great to see them just stomp Indiana. And, you know, it's, it was always even better when like, they were up 28 to like seven, I think, at the end of the first quarter. So um, I just got the text. My friends actually went to the, to the school at Indiana. And you're like, How, how's your Saturday going? So mine's going well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a great Saturday. Great Saturday. And uh, if uh, if people want to continue the conversation, where can they find you on Instagram and Twitter? <laughs> yes, at Jeff Will Jr. on all social media platforms. You're going to be seeing a little bit of a film, a little bit of real estate, a little bit of, and a lot of bit of jet. So, you know, yes. And congratulations. And I saw, I know that you, uh, you, you passed your uh, real estate exam, but I guess what you just got the certificate. Is that what happened? No. So I, I've passed it a long time ago. Real, yeah. re, um, the, the actual story is I got a full-time job at Sony about uh, almost five months ago now. And I got my real estate license a month before that. I didn't, I didn't want to publicize it. I didn't want to put it like face forward because I want my full, my full attention to be at my job because I work in film and that's my full-time job. But I want everybody to know I'm about to be everybody's favorite part-time real estate agent. And that's what the brand is going forward. And you guys are going to start seeing like more content on my Instagram and reels starting Monday, but at um, my nine to five is still working at Sony and, and uh, marketing some of the biggest films out there. 
but I know that uh, our audience who's gotten to know you over the years, they're going to appreciate if you still do go walk around open houses of houses, you'll never be able to afford yourself. So hopefully oh, well, that content continues. <laughs> well then uh, hopefully, hopefully people are looking for it because it, it will yeah. be back very soon. And uh, let, Hey, let's uh, you mentioned your day job. Let's uh, what's that Jonathan majors movie again. It'll be out in a few weeks, right? Yes, devotion is coming devotion. out November. Devotion is coming out November twenty third. It's a it's a um, based off a true story, so definitely go check it out. And um, yeah, it's, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see it. My dad is literally in the air force. He's been calling me, telling me he's actually about to go back to the theaters to go check this out. Um, Jonathan Majors, as you know, is going to be big in the MCU, but right now he's big for Sony. So go yeah. check it out if you can. Absolutely. Well, uh, Thomas. Jeff, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who was here for the chat, especially on sort of a last minute weird weekend afternoon time. I appreciate all of that for everyone. Uh, we will be back with more Black Panther talk. Uh, Wakanda forever. We will definitely talk about it. Uh, possibly in our regular time slot, but just follow me on Twitter or definitely Instagram at Christian DMZ. I'll be sure to let you know when we'll be back to continue the conversation and have more talk about Wakanda forever. But that is all the time that we have for now. And we will see you next time on the Blackcast. <laughs>